Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister with Andrew Nordstrom, Technical Director Extraordinaire, Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Andrew, how are you doing this morning? Fabulous, man. How are it's you? It's afternoon now, I think, or close. No, it's still morning. Is it? Yeah. So uh, we are at the National... That, that says something about how morning has gone so far. <laughs> We've squeezed in, what, three or four interviews already, and this is amazing. We're at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention 2022 in Nashville, Tennessee. Gaylord Opryland, phenomenal hotel. Did you sleep good last night? I did, actually, yeah. I finally slept well, so it was good. This is the first year that we've had an exhibit booth here and yeah. it costs a little bit of money and by the way if you're a donor and wants to help underwrite that we'll certainly accept your support and i wasn't sure whether it was a good idea or not we're kind of experimenting but man i've had a very very fruitful uh 12 or 18 hours yeah. just some great interviews that people are going to be able to hear right now is an interview with andrea miller who's from a ministry called simply the story and the god story project they're yeah. doing amazing stuff with helping people all over the world, I think like 110 or 130 languages, to understand the stories of the Bible and be able to teach them to others orally. Wow. So you got illiterate people uh-huh. that are doing amazing stuff for the Lord. And Andrea's interview with me is just so compelling. And a guy who works with her named Butch. And uh, just a pleasure to hear those guys. That's so, fantastic. So you've got some work cut out for you. Andrew is going to be producing these. Yeah recordings and getting them up live we've already put one out which was the interview i did yesterday with casey bethard the country music singer songwriter and uh that was phenomenal that's up on the cc podcast conversations um it's funny we've got this table where we're handing out these little foam microphones yeah people are taking them so far that's good but uh You've still got a mountain of them on the on the other bed in your room. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing I had two beds because one of them is, is just piled. It looks like the ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese, uh, <laughs> but with foam microphones, so it's cool. You and Jen and I have got a ton of work to get we do. stickers on them. We do. We were but, up late last night. We're gonna do, maybe we'll have to hire some people to help us. Yeah, yeah, that's fun, though. So. Hey, enjoy this interview with Andrea Miller and Butch. I don't even remember his last name, but I think you're going to be inspired by it, and stay tuned for more content as the conference goes on. Hey everybody, Matt Reister, the CC Podcast Conversations, and I've got another interview at the NRB Convention, National Religious Broadcasters. We're in Nashville at the Gaylord Opryland, and I'm sitting down with Andrea Miller and Butch Vernon. Butch, I had to look at his name tag, Butch Vernon. Uh, I think you're going to hear Andrea most of the time, but she reached out to us. They've got a cool ministry called Simply the Story, which also does the God Story Project. They also have Mega Voice, which is a saddle or a solar-powered listening device. We're going to hear a bunch of cool stuff about the Lord's doing through their ministry. Just to FYI, most of you are used to listening to our interviews from the uh, comfort and quietness of a studio. Well, we're just out here in our booth at NRB. A little bit of background noise. That's cool with us, and so hopefully that's cool with you. So, uh, Andrea, thank you so much for being here. Tell me how your experience has been at NRB. When did you get in? Uh, are you a veteran? All that. Well, it's it's wonderful. So far, the experience has been awesome. We've talked with uh, other ministries, just even during the setup yesterday. Uh, we've talked with Sat7 and a whole another ministry who wants some of what we have in, in broadcasting and on their digital platform. So uh, obviously, over the last five years, there's been a great shift to the digital platform. So we're in the motions of doing a lot of that lately. I got to tell you, I was, I've just been the director of the CC Radio and Internet Ministry since the beginning of 2020, and I came to my first NRB convention last year, 
And I saw the kind of money we were spending to be members of NRB. I saw the kind of money we were spending to come to the convention. I kind of came with a skeptical eye by myself to kind of find a reason to not be part of it anymore. Because I thought, this certainly can't be that beneficial. What happened was, I'm back this year with a booth with my wife and Andrew, our technical director, who are helping us work. So we've really ramped up because I saw the value of being part of this network. So much networking, so many great connections, so much podcast content that people are going to be inspired by. And uh, I just think that the kingdom is benefited by the folks that come here with a desire to move the kingdom forward through the through the convention. How long have you been coming? Uh, we've been coming here since probably 2017, seven, uh, 18. We've been partnering with Mega Voice for years. And Mega Voice has such an amazing product in their equipment with the solar powered handheld players. And they just keep inventing new things. Now they have the Envision tablet out, which is wonderful. So it's its its own player, but they understand a uh, video player. So they understand the need to be able to lock the content in and be able to share those, those tablets with people. And they've been into the Ukraine even before Russia got into the Ukraine. <laughs> and they've gone into other places with their products. Uh, Afghanistan, just shortly after Afghanistan closed. And we, we have content. Of course, we're not the only content they have, but we've been uh, supplying our God story languages for, with them since 2005. So it's a great relationship. Before we get into the God story project and simply the story, tell me a little bit about your story, like uh, your faith story. Did you grow up in a Christian home? When did you come to Christ? How'd that all happen? Well, actually, I didn't even see my first Christmas tree until I was 12. And I was like, can we have one of those? Did you grow up in America? <laughs> I grew up in America, but we did not we did not celebrate any of the Christian traditional holidays such as Easter and Christmas. Was it from a... Uh there are some people that don't do that who would be like uh, very, I would say, conservative Christians, like uh, Jewish Christians, Messianic. We're not going to do that. It was from a, from a maybe a pagan standpoint. If I can I say that word. Yeah, I would say it's mostly pagan. Mm -hmm. uh, by the time I got to high school, uh, I was asking two questions: Is God real? And if so, who is He? Mm -hmm. I knew the answer to the first one immediately. God is real. I just didn't know who He was. Why do so, you know that? It's just God made us. He created us. He, he put it in us. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows forth his handiwork. Romans 1, you know, every man knows there's a God. We can't deny that. Atheists are lying when they say, oh, there is no God. They're lying. They're lying to themselves. And that's the worst part of it. It's self-deception. Mm. So by the time I got to college, I had already read the Bible at least once. And every year I went through high school, I had a Christian coach which was interesting. So I could ask them questions like, how does the Old and New Testament fit together? And then... You're talking about an athletic coach. Athletic coach, That's, yeah. I'm, I'm, a co I'm a basketball coach. So and we, I, my hope is that you have a, a spiritual impact on these guys that I'm coaching. What sports did you play? I played volleyball, basketball, and softball. And then in college, I played volleyball. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Arizona. Okay. And where'd you go to college? I went to college as far away from my parents as I could because they were divorced and still fighting 15 mm. years later. Mm. So Northeast? Yes. Uh, I actually went to uh, a college named Bentley College, recruited to play volleyball, and then graduated from UConn. I interrupted you. Keep, yeah. keep telling your story. No worries. The first year in college, I had one of my teammates who was a strong born-again believer, and I remember walking back to the dorm, and I looked at her. Her name is Marilyn. I said, Mary, there's something different about you. She goes, that's Jesus in me. Wow. <laughs> and it wasn't too long after that I accepted the Lord. Awesome. So fast forward to how you've become part of this ministry. Did you do a bunch of other ministry stuff before that? Did you have a job in the in the regular world, a real job? That the we real world? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're right. Uh, yes, I have worked for the Prudential in their accounting department. My office was right outside the president's office or vice president's office. Uh, part of some really big things on a big level accounting for profit, nonprofit. Worked for the University of Connecticut in their nonprofit, their accounting department. Mm -hmm. So I've had jobs along the way. Boston Market, it was Boston Chicken at the time, worked with uh, the largest owner of all the Boston chickens mm -hmm. in Florida at one point, and then started into ministry. And I calculated, this is going to make me sound old. 
27 years of being a full-time volunteer in ministry in my lifetime. While you were working other jobs to nope. make money? Nope, nope. When I went to be a volunteer, I quit those jobs. I had those jobs along the way, learned a lot about accounting, learned a lot about what God wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And then when I quit those, I went into the full-time volunteer service of a, one ministry that has ships that goes around the world called Friendships. Okay. Loved it, but God called me out of that. And then I went back to a business, started my own business, and that's been my primary support. Got it. Little income here and there, not a lot. Not a multimillionaire, just a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> and now with inflation, I'm sub-millionaire. <laughs> yeah. So, no, cool. it's a so joke. So then how did you get to... Uh, what you're doing now? Um, well, when I was part of Friendships, the person who wrote the script to God's story from creation to eternity was friends with the founders of Friendships. So I got to meet Dorothy Miller and her husband, Tom Miller, and we just kind of really didn't hit it off well. Hmm. I brought a Coca-Cola to her, and for some reason, the way I held it made some of the fizzle go out. But <laughs> she was one of the best Bible teachers I had ever encountered at my age at that time. Cool. And so I thought, this is somebody I need to learn from. And interestingly enough, the Lord told me to be her friend. Wow. And I had no idea what that meant. So over the years, we got to know each other. And then when 9-11 hit, I lost my biggest customer. They went overseas. And she called me up a few months later and said, do you want to join God's Story full time? This was in 2001. And I said on one condition, that I can keep my business, mm-hmm. which was fledgling at the time, but still brought in some income. Yeah, yeah. And she said, sure. Tell me her name again. Dorothy Miller. So you're not related to Dorothy Miller, even though you have the same last name. <laughs> well, yes, sort of, kind of not. Yes, and so. Okay. Her husband, after Dorothy went home to be with the Lord, uh, about two years later, her husband asked me to marry him. Oh, wow. And so um, it took me about another two years to pray through that. Long story, and I'll make it short. And I said, finally said yes. So we, we kind of did things backwards. He asked me to marry him. Then we started dating. Then we got married. Then he gave me the engagement ring. Two years <laughs> after that, I got the wedding ring. So we're, if you want to do it, things backwards, I'm the person. And you have to change your name. Uh, did I have to? Uh, no, no. You weren't <laughs> Miller before. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Duh. <laughs> Sorry. Let me let me explain, Matt, how this works. (laughs) It's morning, and uh, we were up late last night, and sorry about that. Uh, Okay, so now, tell me about what your ministry does. Uh, I mean, what? Yeah, what are you doing? What impact are you having? We were talking a little bit offline. We had a phone conversation a week or so ago, and it's cool. I just say uh, before you get into that, I was working with digital ministry for the Canadian arm of Crew between 2013 and 2020. And so I'm very aware of how the fields are ripe unto harvest in the, I don't know what the correct word is now, developing world. It's like they, they never had the infrastructure, but now they don't need the infrastructure because there's all these things in place. You don't need wires and cables and all this stuff. And so, man, it's exciting. Oh, that's amazing. And you hit on at least two or three different points. Uh, to the question, Um, The ministry is all about helping people internalize and engage with the Word of God. So knowing God's Word is a little different than having it in your head. If it's in your heart, what happens is people will change because they now have internalized God's Word and it's impacting their choices. So to give you an example, in this, uh, we've, got, we've got a ton of work in the refugee camps throughout the Sudan, uh, excuse me, Uganda and Kenya, believe it or not. Cool. And we get stories back with simply the story, what people are saying is, one Sudanese woman said, we had land in Sudan. We had homes in Sudan. We had plenty of crops, plenty of animals. We didn't need any help. When the war came, we came to these UN camps, and now we struggle to get water, we struggle to have food, our neighbors are right next to us, and there's a lot of bitterness, especially with the women, because Mm. there's not a lot of men anymore. They've fought, a lot of them have died. So these women have been bitter for several years. And then when they start digging into God's word and it soaks into the heart, we're getting testimonies from women who said, now I know why God brought me here. 
Wow. So it's no longer looking at the stuff, it's looking at the spiritual uh, stuff that God has for them. I want to stop right there and tag on to an interview that I had yesterday. <clears throat> Anytime I get a chance to promote a, another piece of content we have, I interviewed Casey Bethard, who is a country music singer-songwriter from down this way, and I knew I was coming to Nashville, reached out to him, he came over, we interviewed him. He lost his son, Clay, uh, who was murdered in Nashville in 2019 and just kind of a freak thing. And he sat across the table from me and told me pretty much the same thing, like, this is a horrific thing, we still grieve, we missed Clay, but the amount of spiritual good that came out of that devastating experience was incredible. So to have that perspective is both amazing and I think it's only God wrought, right? I mean, you don't just come to that conclusion apart from the Lord at work in your heart. You can't. That, that interview, by the way, you can hear in the same place that you're hearing this interview, so check it out. Awesome. Yeah. And don't forget to listen to this interview. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in. Wake yeah. up. So um, it, it's just, you know, a while ago, as I was reading the scriptures, you, you touched on the harvest is plenteous, the laborers are few. I realized back then when I was reading that, Jesus, either Jesus is a liar, which he's not, or there's a harvest out there that is plenty. Yeah. The issue has never been the harvest. It has been the laborers. Amen. And we have been cutting laborers out because they don't meet a standard that we've put in place, not the scriptures. So we say, oh, well, you can't read. You haven't gone to Bible school. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. All of a sudden, we put the laborers on the sideline, and we don't know how to teach them. So simply the story is about teaching all the laborers how to get into the harvest field and recognize that the harvest is plenteous. And so let me give you an example out of Ethiopia. We had a training there and the pastor said to the lead instructor, oh, send that woman home. She can't read, she's old, she's, she's, she's a widow, she can't do anything. And the instructor wisely asked, what's she gonna do at home? And he said, oh, I don't know. Well, then let's let her stay and see what happens. That woman, after taking the training, went out and planted four churches within one year. Amazing. Because she was equipped with God's word. She realized she could be part of the harvest field and harvesting. She was a laborer. And amazing stories come out like that. So can you give me an example of how you teach an illiterate widow how to tell the story and equip laborers? Sure. Well, why don't I give you a story and let's see how quickly you catch on to it. Perfect, yep. Okay, so I've been practicing this story a little bit and I just want to premise the story by saying that Jacob uh, is a, a leader kind of, uh, we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mm -hmm. the, the, the fathers, the forefathers of Israel, basically. Mm -hmm. And Jacob, his 12 sons have just murdered all the men in Shechem while they were recovering from um, circumcision. Mm -hmm. And yep. now Jacob is afraid that all the towns around are gonna hear about this and attack them. And this is where the story begins. Okay. It's a great so, setup, by the way. <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, testing, testing. Uh, and so the Lord says to Jacob, get up, go to Bethel and live, and build an altar to the God who's been with you since you fled from your brother Esau. Mm -hmm. And so Jacob goes back to his household and to everyone who's with him and says, get rid of the idols among you, clean yourselves and change your clothes. We're going to Bethel and I'm gonna build an altar to the God who's been with me in my distress and who's been with me wherever I've gone. So the people gave the idols that were in their hands to Jacob. They gave the earrings in their ears to Jacob and he went and he buried them next to the oak tree in Shechem. And as they went, the fear of God fell upon the towns around them so that nobody attacked the sons of Jacob. Mm -hmm. That's the story, mm -hmm. familiar. So I would say, uh, give me back what you remember from the story, just anything, whatever you remember. That, well, the, I mean, it's funny. The first thing I think of is that these guys who are recovering from circumcision, I'm still stuck on like, man, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that happened when I was four days old or whatever instead of like 25. Um, but how the Lord spoke to Jacob and Jacob obeyed the Lord. That's one thing that stands out to me. Yeah, and it's a great thing. And so let's just go through the story one more time, but I'm going to ask you some questions. Great. So uh, God says to Jacob, get up, go to Bethel and build something. 
An altar. An altar to the God who's been with him since he fled from his brother Esau, right? Yep. So Jacob goes back to his household and all that were with him and says, get rid of something that you have. Idols. Yep, false gods. Uh Uh-huh. And we're going to where? Bethel. To build an altar. An altar to the God who's been with him. Since he fled from Egypt. Or Esau. (laughs) Fled from Esau. Yeah, who's been with him in his distress and wherever he's gone. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so the people, they give something to him. What do they give? Little idols. Mm Mm-hmm. And what? Earrings? Yeah. Gives them the earrings that are in their ears. Yep. And um, he does something. He kind of puts it where? Digs it and buries it? Yeah, he buries it next to the oak tree in Shechem. And as they went, all the people attacked him? No, nobody did. Nobody did. The fear of the Lord caused them not to attack him. Yeah. So now you have that story about maybe 80%, right? Yeah. Which is normal. And all that, all we did was we spent about two or three minutes telling the story, telling it back, and then doing a little bit of a question-answer thing. Yeah. Okay, so now here's how you get the rest of it. We're going to have a little discussion over it, right? Mm-hmm. So is this a great situation that uh, Jacob's in with the people around him possibly getting ready to attack him? No, he's uh, very much vulnerable. Yeah, he's highly concerned. So now God intervenes and says, get up, go to Bethel and live there and build an altar to me who's been with, to the God who's been with you since you fled from your brother Esau. Now we can skip right over that, but there's a chunk of stuff just in that one section. What do you learn about God by the fact that he's intervening right now? He's been intervening for a long time. Where do you see that? It says that he's been with him since he fled from his brother Esau, and he hasn't been defeated or killed since he fled his brother Esau. Yeah. So God's faithfulness has been... And God's just protecting him from his brother Esau? And even right now, huh? Yeah. And he wants... By the way, Bethel means house of God. Bethel, yeah. Yeah. And so God wants Jacob to go back there and build an altar to him. Instead of staying right where he is next to Shechem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jacob turns to all his family and all that were with him and says, get rid of the idols among you mm-hmm. and clean yourselves. Change your clothes. Change your clothes. Uh, and so they give Jacob the idols that were in their hands, the earrings that were in their ears, and he buries them next to the oak tree in Shechem. Mm-hmm. Um, what might we learn about Jacob? After hearing from God, he turns... To his family, what do we learn about? What might we learn about him from what he says to them? Just that he's uh, responsive. He's obe- he takes God seriously. He, when he knows what he's supposed to do, he does it uh, fairly thoroughly, right? Yeah, he does. What might we learn about his family? They respect Jacob, and they'll do whatever they, he tells them. You know, it's also interesting. You mentioned they respect Jacob. Uh, but up to this point, until this fear has fallen on him, he has let them live with these idols and things. And so it's interesting what you say. They fear Jacob, but they haven't allowed that to, to influence the way they have worshipped God because they still have these idols and things. So that tells me he may not have been living for the Lord prior to this or else they would have been following God as well. That's a good point, yep. Yeah, and wow. And were these idols hidden? I mean, or... Sounds like they were out in the open. It does, doesn't it? They were in their hands, the earrings in their ears, all visible. Yeah. So we're learning something even more now about Jacob and the family, aren't we? What yeah. might we be learning about Jacob now? <laughs> yeah. Like not a great leader up until this point. Absolutely. There's some good things. The family follows him, and now we're learning, wait a second, he's allowed these idols to exist. Yeah. And now he's going back to Bethel to build an altar to the God who's been with him in his distress and wherever he's gone. What do we learn about Jacob's relationship with God, past and present, just from that? Yeah, that it's been a little bit funky and it's getting back on track. Yeah, it seems like it, huh? Yeah. Awesome. And we're, we're doing the short model version of yeah. this. Okay. But, but the, yeah, go ahead. No, no you no, go ahead. No, please, go oh, ahead. I was going to say the thing that comes to mind, which I, I'm wondering if you're going to connect this to the gospel, and I assume you are, but this is repentance. He turns around, right? He's yeah. Go, he's going a certain direction. He changes his mind mm-hmm. about the sin of letting idolatry live, 
he obeys the Lord and he turns the other way, goes the other way. Right there in this story and people gloss right over it. Wow, that's amazing. I hadn't even seen that yet. So you just taught me something. And that's what I love about this open dialogue is we're listening and responding to the word of God first and then to each other. That's cool. So, you know, anyway, they go on they and the fear of God falls upon the people around them so that nobody attacks them. Um, does God have a choice in how he handles all of this in this story? Does he have a choice here? Absolutely. What could he have done differently? Wiped out Jacob for not leading the people well. Wiped out the people for having idols. Um, he could have put the fear on the opponents of Jacob without letting him know that he was doing it or without it looking like it was in response to obedience. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. know. I don't know. There's probably a lot of things. He could have snapped his fingers and created a new universe. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Why didn't he start with Adam and Eve on that one? Yeah. <laughs> but God doesn't do that. Instead, what do we learn about God from what he does do? Yeah, that he's, uh, he does it interactively. He includes Jacob, yeah. Yeah, with him. Yeah, and the whole, whole family. Yeah. yeah. But he's also behind the scenes the entire time. You know, because it says he's God's been with him, even though Jacob hasn't recognized it. God has been there, but it's and, and God's allowed him to wallow in whatever this is he's <laughs> wallowing in, right? Uh, but but God's like, okay, I'm gonna let you stay there. I'm gonna let you stay there. I'm gonna let you stay there. Now, yeah, I'm gonna use this in your life to bring it out. It's like he's got a he's got a felt need, which is my life is in danger, mm-hmm. and now he's open to what the Lord's going to teach him in a way that he might not have been open to it if he hadn't had a a, a felt need or a vulnerability. Yeah. To me, that's a personal God. That's a God that knows everything that's going on in Jacob's life, in his family's life, in Esau's life. And God is willing to be very personal at the, you know, he's personal the whole time, but Mm. now he's like saying, here I am. Mm. Now you got to listen up. (laughs) Now, let me ask you a question. Um, we, we've done, uh, we have one of our podcasts is a daily Bible overview devotion. We've done 500, 600 some episodes starting in Genesis 1, way back in May of 2020. We're in Mark right now. Um, one of the reasons I obviously started in the Old Testament is because that comes before the New Testament. But, <laughs> but there's, a, uh, there's also another reason, which is that there is a attitude among a lot of evangelicals that we don't need to spend a ton of time in the Old Testament because that's old, Jesus came, the new covenant, he died and rose again. The major message of the Bible is put your faith in Christ and be reconciled to God, et cetera, et cetera. And, and many people leave the Old Testament behind. And I would think in, in your ministry, you're reaching people who've never been exposed to the gospel. Why are we starting with this story? Why are we in the Old Testament? Why aren't you just jumping to the death and resurrection of Christ? Well, I started with this story for two reasons for you, but it won't be the same story I do with somebody else that I meet on the streets, unless God says so. Yeah. Uh, because for two reasons. One, I wanted to demonstrate the, the just the richness of God's Word, Amen. even in the Old Testament, that we tend to gloss over so much. Love it. And it's very applicable today. And you had one of those applications just a minute ago in that there's a turning from uh, you see uh, Jacob turning, yeah, and that's repentance. I mean, that's an application you discovered. Yeah, to even the new, though we're to the new covenant or to the message of the gospel. Absolutely. I mean, we can go on with applications just in this story and say, okay, what are some, you know? We learned that Jacob got rid of the idols. By the way, he buried them, which means, guess what? You think he can find them again? Yeah, he didn't totally let go of them. Interesting. Something else about Jacob. And by the way, by this point, Jacob's been renamed Israel, but God's calling him Jacob. So we're learning something here. Ah. And we can go deeper and deeper and deeper, but we're not going to in this session because, well, it's about a three and a half hour story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, well, maybe four, five, ten. I don't know. Anyway, but if we take a look at what we did discover that Jacob, for example, uh, was leading his family because they were responsive to him. That's something we discovered. Yep. And yet they still had idols. How many fathers today are leading their families but allowing things to happen? Amen. And what does that look like today? Yeah. It looks like America. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's all over. Yeah. And how 
can this story help fathers, you it. or somebody you know, to lead their family better? I love it. And then now you've got that story in your heart, don't you? Mm-hmm. So how do you, in what formats do you do this? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the formats um, question. It, it, so we're doing this one-on-one like this. Yeah. Do you go like train, it sounds like with that story of that widow, there must have been like a training with a group yes. of people. Are you doing this stateside? Are you doing this internationally? Are you doing this in churches or just wherever? Yes, 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 and yes. We have done trainings. Uh, we're in over 130 countries, and we do trainings online and in person now that things have opened up mm-hmm. uh, all over the world. We have people coming out of closed countries, attend our training, and then go back into these closed countries. Uh, we've got some training right, right now on uh, online with uh, closed countries and open countries uh, and people hear about us because their hearts themselves have been touched and they're like I want to know how to do this. How do you decide what stories because you obviously don't have time to do the whole Bible I mean how do you decide in a certain circumstance what story to drill down on? It depends. First we're listening to the Lord and sometimes the Lord will lead us to one story or another. And of course you can't go to a story you don't know. So you don't have to worry about which story the Lord leads you to. He's going to lead you to one you know. Now typically when I'm in an Islamic situation, I will use a story from the Old Testament. And one of my favorites is Genesis 3. Because they have a lot of connection to our Old Testament. Oh yeah. Now the interesting thing in Genesis 3, they're not believing that God would be the one to kill the very first animal. There's no way that God would do that. That's what they believe. So uh, I told you a story earlier about doing uh, a story in the souk or the mall in Bahrain. Yes. We ended up having a 45-minute conversation, uh, this Islamic evangelist and myself. Yeah. After he finished telling me the story of... Tell, give the background yeah. of that that sure. you tell me offline. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I was in uh, the mall or the souk in Bahrain, and I saw these guys with very long beards, and I go, I bet you they're evangelizing for Islam. So I went up to the guy, and I said, okay, so what are you guys doing? He goes, oh, we're telling people about Muhammad and Islam. Would you like to hear a story? And I said, sure, on one condition. When you're done, I get to tell you a story. He goes, okay. So he starts out with the birth, the life, and the near death of Jesus on the cross. And uh, he was done. Which he, you made the point, what? He was very well trained to reach Christian Westerners. So he knew you were a Westerner, and he's like, she must be Christian, so I'm going to talk about Jesus first because that'll connect. The, which yeah. is very shrewd, mm-hmm. and we can learn from that. Yes. He is trained that Westerners are Christians. Yeah. Is my guess. Yep. And the accent gave me a way as to which country I was from. So that worked out well, to my advantage, actually. When yeah. he was done, about five minutes later, I said, no, it's my turn. He goes, what Jesus story do you want to tell? <laughs> and I smiled and said, none. And he looked quizzically at me like, huh? And I said, have you ever heard the story of Adam and Eve in the garden? He said, yeah, I think so. So I went ahead. I got to call time out. Yeah, go ahead. Christians who are listening to this, um, this is something that you hear from me on our daily podcast or just kind of one of the themes, which is we have got to be able, just the contextualization that you did is not something you got to go to seminary to be able to do. You just got to be able to know God's word and have your head up and see what the Lord's doing. And I just, I think that's a great example. The guy's expecting you to tell him about Jesus because, oh, the bridge illustration. Oh, you're, oh I thought you were going to draw me the bridge illustration. I've seen it 500 times. The Romans wrote 500 times. No, you're going to come to where I'm at and connect with me. And this guy all of a sudden's like, whoa, I got to listen to this because this isn't what I was expecting. Go ahead. Yeah, well, one thing I've learned is that um, when you start in the Old Testament, you actually have a greater chance of bypassing syncretism, where people add Jesus to their other gods. So Muslims don't have a problem with Jesus, he's a great prophet. Hindus don't have a problem with Jesus, he's just one of 33 million gods. The problem is how do you raise Jesus above their thinking, beyond what they believe, to the point where Jesus belongs, that he is Lord. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's the beauty of the God story, which is, it's, that's 14 stories from God's Word. Two-thirds of those are Old Testament, which gives the foundation for why Jesus did what he did in the New Testament. 
Yes. So by the time you get to his sacrifice and his resurrection, it fits. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Oh, now I understand why he did that rather than just starting, uh, you know, at the crucifixion and resurrection. So too so. many Christians, I'll just say this, I'm keep going. Too many Christians, and I'm not scolding anybody because we're all growing and none of us are there. But too many Christians are too content with only knowing some very basic stuff about the New Testament. And you got to change that. You have got to get in the Old Testament because you're going to be blown away by the redemptive plan of God, the story of God that is woven from Genesis to Revelation. And the relationship that you have with Jesus that is probably hit and miss, hot and cold, because you're not that excited about it, will be totally infused with passion when you see that Jesus is the culmination of what God started in Genesis 3 and before that. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to finish the story, and then I want to add to that. Uh, Well, you know what? I'll just add to that and then finish the story. Um, Interestingly enough, Jesus had risen from the dead on the road to Emmaus. He was already, he had already risen. He goes back to the Old Testament. He doesn't start with just himself. That's another interesting thing. And when you get into the epistles, so many of those epistles refer back to the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, what sh- you know uh, with Abraham, you know, throughout Romans, oh my goodness, Romans yeah. 4, questions are throughout the epistles. And if we don't go back and study the Old Testament, we don't have a, an, we don't, we have a harder time understanding what the epistles are all about. And if we just stay in the New Testament, and especially the epistles, they become rules and regulations on how to be a good Christian. Epistles are the letters that Paul and Peter and others wrote, which come after the Gospels in the New Testament, if you don't know that term. Yeah, go okay, ahead. thank you for clarifying. Uh, so back to the story in the souk. Uh, so after about 45 minutes of discussing Genesis 3, sort of like we did with Jacob here, yeah. I said, look, the Bible says that he who seeks the Lord will find him. That's a promise we have. Why don't we just pray? Because I respected him uh, and what he was trying to do, which was to honor God. He just may not have been correct on which God. Yep. And so am I. So we had the same passions. Yep. So I said, let's just pray. And as we're getting ready to pray, I hear him mumble under his breath, if God will hear us. And I thought, how heartbreaking that he prays five times a day. And doesn't know. And doesn't know if God's listening. You go back to Numbers, where the Israelites are complaining, God's listening to the complaints. Yep. Not just the prayers, but right. the complaints. Yep. And they said it would have been, you know, in Numbers, I think it's 14, it would have been better, you know, as they're kind of sent the spies out and they, the spies came back from the promised land with the bad, you know, with the bad report, except for two of them. Yep. They're complaining it would have been better for us to die in Egypt or to die in the wilderness than to have our women and children taken by these giants in the land. Yep. And God says to Moses, I will do as they said. They will die in the wilderness. He never let them go back to Egypt which is yeah, interesting. Yeah, totally. But he's doing what they said. So he's listening. Yes. And here's this guy who is wondering who he, whoever he's praying to, if this God is listening. Pray for Ali. That's his name. This was several years ago. Awesome. But I've done that story all over the Middle East. I've done several other stories all over the world and the Middle East. And the bottom line is people want to know the true living God. They don't want churchianity. They don't want our opinion of things. They want to interact with the Lord. I do this story, these stories all over, and I've I've only had two people, maybe 2% of the people, say, no, I don't have time for it right now, or no, I'm not interested. Wow. 98% of the people are very, very responsive. That's and, awesome. And Butch could tell you stories too, plane rides, taxi rides, you name it. So the God Story Project, as Butch alluded to, is a series of, t- talk about that a little bit. Okay, something else that we have besides the simply the story training is something called God Story from Creation to Eternity. That is a video and audio in 80 minutes that goes from Genesis to Revelation as Butch, sh- Butch shared. And uh, we're in 420 languages for that video and audio program. Uh, And that's different from the STS training. The STS training started because of the feedback and results we received from God's story. So it started with God's story. Yes, it did. And what was the feedback that drove simply the story? Uh, The feedback was basically people were coming to the Lord through God's story. People were growing in the Lord. We had 
one one gentleman come in from Africa and tell us he listened to God's story for a month and that's how he was discipled. We wow. had another gentleman tell us about giving uh, God's story on the mega voice to a man in India and this man in India would would sit on a cot and watch his crops at night. He, he would kind of sleep out in the fields. So he had this player with God's story on his solar player for wow. mega voice with God's story. So he listened to it for 30 days, night after night after night. And this missionary went back and said, did you have any questions? And the guy had such great questions and he had such knowledge about the truth and God's word. And the missionary said, how did you learn so much? He said, from the player you gave me. Like it works, dude. <laughs> One month. And um, I was in uh, Burkina Faso several years ago, and I know the music and effects to God's story. And our leader in Burkina gave a mega voice with the Ewe version of God's story on it to the security guard where we were staying. And I went into dinner one night and I heard him listening to God's story. I know it's 80 minutes. I was in dinner fellowshipping for at least two or three hours. When I came back out, he was still listening to God's story. Wow. And a day later, he's talking to our leader. This was a Muslim man, by the way. He was talking to our leader and our leader called me over. He's beating his chest and he is saying in a way, God is in my heart. God is in my heart. And that's what my leader was translating to me. Wow. And he's saying, can I take this home to my family? And uh, it's just, I love it. I did this throughout China. Okay, I just convicted myself. Okay, so in China, back in the days of the CDs, and I had a mega voice with me, I would play the first part of God's story with the people that I would meet all over China. And I had asked them, is this good Mandarin? They would listen to it, and they'd go, oh, very good Mandarin. Wow. And as a thank you, I would give them God's story. Every single person I talked to wanted it because I watched their faces as they listened and they wanted it and they were so grateful to get a CD. We had a taxi driver with us for four days in one part of China. He was ex-military. By the second day, we had, the first night we stayed in one place, we gave him the God story on the mega voice. He listened to it. The next day he says, can I take this to my family? We said, sure. Then we were doing Bible stories with him. By the fourth day, he was crying when we were leaving because he had become a believer in those four days in Christ. And that's just what happens when you use the Word of God. Tell me um, what... Just, I mean, you've been promoting the things that are going on so far, but just do direct promotion. Like, if somebody is hearing this stuff, man, I really want to get involved with this mega voice thing or with getting the God story project going or this simple this story thing. How can people connect with you or your ministry, etc.? Well, they can call us directly at 877-99-BIBLE. That's 877-99-BIBLE. Or they can go to our website at simplythestory.org, simplythestory.org. I would spell it, but I'm not good at that. <laughs> um, or if they want to dial us direct, uh, I can give the other number is 951-658-1619. We're happy to help anyone. We're happy to answer questions. Anyone can come to our training. Uh, we've had all different kinds of people. I've, I had a bishop come up to me in Kenya one time and said, you know, for so many years, the denominations have been divided. And this is the first thing I've seen that unites us because we spend a lot of time in the Bible at our trainings. Because you can't learn to use the method until you have the Bible to do it. Right. Do you do any training stateside or is this mostly sure. international? Yeah, stateside. We've got one coming up this summer in Hemet, California, which is right there between Los Angeles. Palm Springs and San Diego, right in the middle, a little small town, Hemet, California. That's that's our headquarters. What will that look like? Uh, it'll be hopefully not so hot, uh, but you'll come in like and for a day, two days, a five days. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what'll happen is you'll fly in, and most of the people will be will be able to put them up at our training center mm -hmm. uh, until we get full. And then uh, we'll spend just five days in the Word of God learning the process and practicing. You can't just put it in your head and think you've got it. Mm -hmm. If you don't practice, you don't have it, period. 
and we'll take people out on the streets probably the, the fourth day and we'll say, okay, and we'll send an instructor with them and nobody has to do anything. They mm-hmm. can just sit there and do nothing mm-hmm. and listen the whole time or get your feet wet and see how it feels and we'll take them out on the streets and they'll discover, this is about 90, 95% of the people come back with stories. They go, this is, this is easier than I thought. Absolutely. And wow, I never, this, this is how so-and-so responded. I've gone to bars and done Bible stories just mm-hmm. to test it out. I've gone into, I did that uh, Jacob going back to Bethel story yeah. in a prison in Colorado, a youth prison, where most of the people were gang members. Mm-hmm. And I just happened, the, the next time I went back, I just happened to see somebody again. This was a year later, only time I've ever seen the same person twice. He looks at me, he goes, you're the story lady. I said, yeah. And I said, so tell me what happened after I left. He said, I got to thinking about the idols that were in my life and what I needed to do to get rid of them. Wow. That was after I left. That's awesome. Isn't it? Yeah. So do you ever uh, go do something, like if a church leader or a a camp leader or a ministry leader heard this and said, oh, we should maybe bring them in. I mean, do you ever do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, we are an all-volunteer ministry. Like, none of our folks get paid. And so what we do is uh, if we have a host that will have us come in. We just ask them, we'll pay our way to get there. We just ask them to feed us, pick us up at the airport or wherever it is, uh, and, and you know, uh, allow us. It, it needs to be open to other people so yeah. that other folks can come, not just that Allow group. you to promote it to the but area. Yes, yes. So that way, uh, because this is all about getting the Word of God out there. Right? Yes. So it's, it's all ministry. That's awesome. And they have to house us, too. You know, the instructor team, not everybody that comes. Is it, what, two, three people? Usually it depends on the number of attendees. If we get a lot of attendees in, we'll bring more instructors in because we want everybody to get a chance to do a story and receive coaching. Yeah. Uh, we will coach the people. What's a, if somebody's thinking about this, I, honestly, I am. I, I lead a, a Bible conference in Northeast Iowa. And we're moving to a year-round ministry model from just having like one or two weeks in the summer. And I could see bringing you guys in sometime. Um, what is a minimum number of attendees that you would want to have in order to have it be worth your time? We ask for at least six. And the reason being is we split them into two groups. And we need at least three people in each group, minimum. Yep. And then what that allows us to do is people practice because there's a, there's a preparation process. And then there's a presentation process. And what we experienced here was a presentation process. Yeah. So people need to be able to practice presenting, so they have to swap groups. Yeah. So in the swapping of groups, each group gets a, a story from the preparation and a different story in their presentation. So you can learn two stories just in one round. Love it. Well, man, I, I'm so thankful you reached out to us. And this has been enlightening for me, inspiring. And... Uh, just want you to stay in touch. We'll get this out. This will probably get published today yet. Oh, wow. And so you can share that with whoever. Um, anything else you want to wrap up with, either two of you? Um, well, your questions were so great. I mean, I just, my brain went 50 different directions, and I had to, every time you asked a question, I had to pick, pick one direction. It's not as hard as it seems. God wired us. A majority of the Bible is in a story format. He wired us to learn from stories. You don't come home from work and tell your wife all the five things that happened. You tell her the stories that impacted you from that day. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah. Same thing. Your wife doesn't tell you all the five things that happened. Uh, she does. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you're first one. The thing is, if people have to go back and look at their notes from whatever they took notes on, right. do they really know it? Right. But if the story is in their heart, guess what? They know it. Love it. Yeah, and, and what we're seeing is, you know, obviously this is really good for those portions of the world that are non-literate. But what we're seeing here in the States is a total changeover in the last 10 years because of the Internet. Very, many people can read, Right. But most people just look at the highlights. They just look at the blurbs, right? And and so what this does is it provides a methodology for people to go deep. And my church meets on a college campus. We meet on the uh, campus of the University of Kentucky. And what I'm seeing among young people is they don't want somebody saying, this is what you need to believe. Because this is a discussion-based methodology, 
We have had Muslims end up arguing for the deity of Jesus from from a discussion of a Bible story. I've had guys in California who were proclaimed atheists uh, that at the end of a story, they are arguing with me going, Jesus is obviously God because of what this story says. Uh, and, and it's not me saying this is what you need to believe, but it's the Spirit of God energizing the Word of God in their hearts, and because they have the joy of discovering that truth for themselves, then they take ownership of it, and then they're more apt not just to embrace it, but to share it uh, in, in their circle of influence. Love it. Love yeah. it. Let me say a prayer for you guys. Oh, thank and, you. And then we'll shut it down. Lord, thank you so much for Butch and for Andrea and for the ministries that they're part of, uh, simply the story and God Story Project and partnering with Mega Voice to get this stuff out to people with these solar-powered devices. Lord, I pray a blessing over what they're doing. It's clear that they have a passion for your word, all of it, the whole gospel. And uh, we just pray that you would use them, these ministries, to help people continue to come to know you and walk with you. People in parts of the country who've never heard of you come to Christ and people here stateside who are very familiar, at least with aspects of Christianity, to get more serious about being effective ambassadors for you and for the gospel. And I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to sit with them. I pray that it would bless our listeners and inspire them. Some of them might even get engaged with what's going on here. And we lift it all up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.